Welcome back to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, episode number 103, how to eat dessert every single day to lose more body fat. So in this episode, it's a mini episode with just me, and I'm going to be divulging some secrets of how we have helped our clients lose more body fat by actually saying yes to their cravings more often rather than trying to use a bunch of willpower and decline themselves of the sweets that they love. Now, we don't interrupt this show midway with sponsored ads or asking you for ratings and reviews. So while you're just getting settled, we ask that you just take two seconds to support our show by giving it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Ratings and reviews allow us to bring more knowledgeable and influential people onto the show for you to learn everything possible about science and sustainability with respect to your goals. Now, if you like this episode in particular, screenshot it and tag us on Instagram to show your support. One share could be the catalyst for someone in your life to transform their body, their health, and their fitness for good. And of course, it helps our show grow too, and we appreciate that. Thanks again for listening. We don't take your attention for granted, so let's get right into it. Episode number 103, eat dessert every day to lose more fat. All right, guys, welcome back to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast. In today's episode, I've got a mini episode for y'all. It should be pretty quick, but I'm going to walk you through how to eat dessert every single day to lose more body fat rather than trying to, you know, use a bunch of willpower to just say, no, I'm not going to have sweets, I'm not going to have sugar, I'm not going to have carbs, and have it blow up in your face because that's typically what happens. Um, And the reason that I wanted to record this episode now is because we are well into the holiday season when this episode is launching. It should be like maybe the week before the week of Thanksgiving that this episode is going to be coming out. And a lot of us tend to think that, you know, sweets and sugar are bad for us uh, to no surprise because all of the research and all of the, the fad diets and the books that have come out in the past couple decades have been demonizing sugar and carbs because of the obesity epidemic. And there are strong correlations uh, with obesity and uh, our overall uh, sugar intake as a society. However, uh, obesity, and I will get into this very briefly, but obesity is a very multifactorial uh, epidemic, meaning it has less to do with one single culprit, i.e. sugar, what everybody's trying to pin it on, and a lot more to do with lifestyle, sedentary behavior, social outings, and the way that all of our social events are now centered around um, food. Our portion sizes as a society have increased. Uh, We are consistently, consistently moving less. I think I already said that. The overall quality of our food has decreased with the um, industrial revolution and just all of our food becoming more and more processed and streamlined and cheaper and um, all of this going to contribute is going to contribute to the obesity epidemic. Sugar is a part of that and having large, large portions of sugar without any exercise, um, of course, is going to be a problem. But most of the people that I see that are very concerned about their sugar intake are not these people that are uh, morbidly obese and are struggling with all these health issues. It's really just people who are like, 
maybe a little bit over a normal weight, slightly overweight, or even just like at a normal weight, but are very unhappy with their body and body composition, kind of like the women that we work with at PCC. And they tend to obsess over their sugar intake and their carbs because they just feel that they, no matter what they do, they can't lose the weight. And basically they feel the need to actually resort to extremes in order to you know, see the results that they want to see because they have this belief in their mind that they are going to, their metabolism is broken otherwise. So I actually wrote about this the other day, but I was talking to a friend the other night and she basically made a statement along the lines of, uh, her husband said like, oh, I lost like eight pounds in a week just from cutting out IPAs. And she was like, wow, I cut out drinking altogether and I can't lose a single pound. And um, this belief was so deeply rooted in her psyche that no amount of me sitting there trying to convince her that that wasn't true would really work. Um, so I felt bad because I, I did just kind of keep my mouth shut. But, um, you know, through my experience of working with hundreds and hundreds of women, I know that this is not the case. Metabolisms don't break. If our metabolisms broke, we would die. (laughs) Um, So we are not broken, but we just need to find the right formula that actually fuels our metabolism to lose fat rather than just depriving it and starving it. And so she had this belief that, you know, she can't lose a single pound no matter what she does. And people who have that belief are more prone to gravitating towards extremes because they don't think that anything modest or moderate is actually going to work for for them. When in reality, the only thing that's going to work for them long-term is something that is modest, that is going to take longer and require more patience and more consistency, but it's also not going to be as drastic of a lifestyle change. And so this is kind of where that dessert every day mantra and idea really stemmed from. And the whole idea of it is, you know, we think that carbs and sugar are so bad for us. So we cut them out. And then what that leads to is we crave them more and more and more. And then eventually we run out of willpower on a day where our willpower is low and we're we're tired and we're struggling. And some, you know, sweet or thing that we love has presented itself in front of us. And we have such little willpower from just draining and draining and draining our willpower that we finally give in. And we say, okay, I'll just have one. And then that one turns into two. And then that two turns into many. And then all of a sudden we are just absolutely regretting it. And we're feeling gross because we've overindulged because we haven't had this thing, this sweet, um, this sugar, this candy, whatever it is uh, for days and days and days or weeks or months. And we undo all of our progress by self-sabotaging after the fact. And so this is what we are aiming to avoid with the dessert everyday mentality. Like what if we just had dessert every single day? What if we just had it even on the days that we don't really want it, we gave ourselves something sweet? What this does is a couple of things. It allows us to habituate to the food, meaning that we are not writing anything off as forbidden. And we're just allowing ourselves to become used to foods like this, like sugary, snacky foods, um, so that it's no longer special. If you do this for long enough and you have dessert every single day for long enough, it's not going to feel special at a certain point. It's not going to feel like, Ooh, I'm being bad. I'm having this awful food for me. Like, no, it's just going to become a part of your day. And you're going to be like, wow, this is really no different than, you know, the rest of my food. Uh, after I've had it enough, I'm actually kind of tired of it. Um, and that's where we want to get to, right? 
And then the other thing that it does is it just allows you to dissociate from the all or nothing mentality of I can't just have one, I have to go all in, I have to have 10 of them if I have them. It allows you to finally become that person that can just have one bite of something, one serving of something and just be done because you know that you're going to have it tomorrow too (laughs) and the day after that and the day after that. And as soon as it is no longer forbidden, we are able to better manage our willpower because willpower is limited. It is something that we have a finite supply of. And if we drain it and drain it and drain it, trying to get rid of, for example, all sweets, then we're just going to end up exhausted and overcompensating for that at a certain point. But if we have sweets every single day, we don't need to really use as much willpower. Maybe at the beginning, right? Maybe at the beginning to not have 10 instead of one. But once you get used to having one every single day, that allure to have more than one in a day is going to go away because you're going to say, well, I'm going to have more tomorrow. Um, And I actually got the inspiration to do this short episode from uh, having just an idea about Halloween candy. It is November 1st right now, the day that I am recording this. And there's going to be a lot of people with leftover Halloween candy just sitting around their house. There's going to be a lot of sweets and holiday treats around the house from here to the end of the year. So if you want to actually manage that better without having to just throw everything away, or maybe you live in a family where you can't throw it away because your kids are going to want to eat it or your husband or anyone is going to eat it outside of you, then you're going to want to actually practice having this every single day. Um, And that is the best way to keep yourself from actually gaining weight and self-sabotaging and doing something that's going to go against your progress in the long run. So I'm going to walk you through our dessert everyday matrix, which is the five steps that it's going to take for you to actually do this and do it successfully so that you are able to lose more fat in the long run. And there are a couple pictures and graphics that go with this. So apologies, you're not going to be able to see that uh, if you are listening to the podcast, but I will read it all out. So the five steps in the dessert everyday matrix are step one, you are going to want to eat dessert every single day. It is that simple. But the catch is you have to do it every day, not just the days you feel like it, not just the days you crave it. Waiting till you crave it defeats the purpose of this tactic. Work something sweet or savory or whatever it is that you crave that you tend to go overboard on into your diet every single day. Understand also that you might still mess up at first and you might take one or two steps backwards before you take 10 steps forward. For example, You might have two or three days in a row at the very beginning where you do overindulge every single time because you haven't allowed yourself to ever do this before. And that doesn't make you a failure. That doesn't mean you should quit. It means the next day when you get back, quote unquote, on your diet, that dessert needs to be a part of your diet the next day, even if you don't want it. Do this every single day for a few weeks and you will be amazed at how your mindset shifts with just this first step. Um, You're going to be able to eventually become that person who can just have one and be done. Now, step two to the dessert everyday matrix is going to be to say goodbye to 1200 calorie diets. And the only way to sustainably include dessert in your diet without having to eat basically lettuce and chicken for every other meal is going to be to increase your actual total amount of calories per day. So 
One of the biggest problems we deal with having coached thousands of women through this process is having is they're trying to just restrict calories too much and they're perpetuating this cycle. So here's where the graphic is that I can't really show you, but what it looks like when you try to over restrict, if you try to have 1200 calories every day, all through the week, Monday through Friday, you might be quote unquote doing really well through the week, but then when you overdo it on Saturday and Sunday, you might hit, you know, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 calories of overdoing it. And what that averages out to is average total weekly calories of maybe even 2,000, 2,200. You might be at maintenance or even in a slight surplus from those days that you blow it on the weekends, which is why you either stay exactly where you were or go backwards in your goals. Now, if you increase your calorie intake and your calorie intake is something more along the lines of, let's say for a female, 1,800 per day through the week. So those extra 500 calories can go to, you know, one of your desserts and some other foods in your meals. And then the weekends, maybe you have a couple extra hundred calories, maybe 2,100 calories on the weekends, just to give yourself a little bit of extra room and flexibility. This will average your weekly calories out to 1885. So you're actually in a better deficit across the week and you're eating more every single day. Now, over the course of a few months, you're going to make progress, lasting progress, because you're not constantly starting over on Monday, you're not making yourself feel prone to failure, and you're building up the feeling of success weekend after weekend rather than the feeling of failure. So what do you eat in a modest calorie deficit to achieve this? It's pretty easy, actually. So you would eat some of the same stuff that you'd eat when you're being quote unquote good on your 1200 calorie days. So you might have lean protein sources at every meal. You might have a serving of vegetables. You might have healthy, complex carbohydrates, but you're going to want to increase the portions of all of those things. And you're probably going to have the room to add, say, your favorite condiments or dressings or uh, cheese or avocado or oil or nut butter as a fat source to your meals and also a snack every day that might help you curb a craving or just hold you over. Um, instead of just having three meals per day, you might be able to add a snack between say lunch and dinner so you don't get super ravenous. And of course, you're going to use some of those extra calories to have that dessert every single day as well. For me, that's a chocolate chip cookie or just adding chocolate to anything. Um, it's either chocolate chip cookie or Oreo O's cereal or mini chocolate chips in my yogurt. Um, there's a lot of different ways that I incorporate chocolate, but I have it pretty much every day. And when you have something that you usually go overboard on, including that serving of it in your diet every day, will just kill the allure of the food over time. And what we're doing here is we're just reinforcing the fact that the food you want will literally always be there for you. It's not going to go away tomorrow. It's not going to go away next week. It's not going to go away next month. And sometimes we just really need those reminders over and over and over again. I don't think it can be overstated. And there's truly, truly no need to overconsume it. So this is going to take time and practice, but it's something that we pretty much make all of our clients do because this is truly what a sustainable, happy, and fit lifestyle looks like. All right, now step three is going to be going for satisfied, not stuffed. So the next step is all about how to eat your dessert so that you walk away feeling satisfied from what you've eaten, but not stuffed and guilty. So the dessert or whatever you crave itself is not the issue. It's the way that we feel after eating too much of whatever it is that is the problem. So it's that walking away feeling full, bloated, guilty that, that perpetuates our negative cycle. And it's all in our head, right? Literally, there is nothing evil 
about the food inherently. We've just built this poor relationship with the food because we have taught ourselves to feel guilty after having it time after time after time after time. So the best way that you can really start to mitigate that guilt and those feelings is to stop eating when you feel 80% full rather than 100% full. And this is hard to gauge, especially if it's something you've never paid attention to before. But here's a couple tips that you can use to just stop a little bit earlier when you're full and slow yourself down when you're eating so you can better gauge where you are with this. So strategy one would be wine tasting your food. So this is really just a metaphor for chewing really slowly, smelling, savoring your food as if it were like a fine wine, or if you're like a professional wine taster, just takes a while to get through it, right? So chew slowly, let the flavor of the food touch all different parts of your mouth and taste buds. And the more flavors that we taste, the more satisfied we are. Think about when you eat something really salty, you crave something sweet after. So rushing through eating our food is the same way. We might not get the full spectrum of flavors and we might overeat to compensate for what we're missing without realizing it. So take your time um, and really just absorb the textures and the flavors. Another thing you can do is our mindful meal timer. Um, So you are going to want to set a timer on your phone when you're truly hungry for a meal for 10 minutes and you're going to try to eat slowly using the wine tasting tips. And if you're still eating at the 10 minute mark, take a five minute pause to check in on your fullness. And after five minutes, finish your meal until you are comfortably full and set the timer for another 10 minutes to help pace you. So if you've ever tried this strategy, 10 minutes is a long freaking time. Like it is way longer than you think. Usually meals go down for me in about like three minutes. So really just like pay attention to this and try to slow down and it will make a huge difference and you're going to enjoy it more. And then finally, favorites first. Um, So this is simple. Eat your favorite food or eat whatever it is that is the best part of the meal first rather than last. The first time I learned about this, I was like, wow, mind blown because (laughs) I was always the person who would save my best bite for last and I would always eat my least favorite things first and work up to my favorites. But when I really thought about it, it makes perfect sense, right? How often do we clear off our plates and leave the best for last, but struggle through eating our favorite part and we're so full and we're so stuffed because we ate everything else first. And there's no way you're going to eat the, leave the favorite part unfinished, right? So you're always going to choose being uncomfortably full in that situation. So this always leads to overeating. And if it's done consistently, it can lead to us backsliding in our progress. So try eating your favorites first, even if that means having, you know, the carb source on your plate or, you know, the dessert on your plate first, rather than, you know, the protein and the veggies and see how it affects your satisfaction and your satiety across your meals. Now, step four of this dessert everyday matrix is if you're not already, eat the real thing, like the actual dessert, not the, not the sugar-free dupe, not the fake thing. It's not going to cut it. And the only way you're really going to satisfy this craving is to have the real thing. And a lot of times we demonize it. We say, well, I can't have the real thing because that's like real bad sugar or it's processed or whatever. The real thing is not bad for you. Having 50 of the real thing probably will be. It's really the dose that's the poison. So it's about portions and quantity. And so if your favorite dessert is out there in front of you, give yourself permission to have one. Um, And one of your favorite desserts is only a problem if one leads to many, which is what this method is going to stop you from doing. 
Now, finally, step five is going to be have dessert ready and waiting for you, meaning plan it into your day. Don't wait till you're hungry or starving to make the decision of what your dessert every day is going to be. Start your day by planning your intentions for what it's going to be every single day or night. That way, you know it's coming and you're going to be less prone to over ordering something in a drive through or over consuming when the time comes because you already have your portion set. You know exactly what you're going to have and you can follow through on the plan rather than having no plan and feeling very, very ravenous at the later point in the day. So those are the five steps for our dessert everyday matrix. Um, and I hope that, you know, this has struck a chord with you. And, you know, if you've gotten this far in the podcast, congrats, because this is really the first step to changing your relationship with food. And I hope that this serves as a gentle reminder for you that eating healthy and living a fit lifestyle doesn't have to be boring, restrictive, or miserable, or use up all of your willpower. And it takes, internal and external work, practice, reps, just like anything, and changing your mindset, truly being willing to change your mindset around the foods that you would normally feel guilty towards eating over time. Um, So just really give yourself some patience with this. Give these tools a a shot. Try it for at least a few weeks and take note of all the different ways that you can track your progress throughout this. And sometimes even in the first couple weeks, your progress might be primarily mental. And that's okay. That's really exciting stuff. So don't underestimate the power of building up your relationship with food before diving into really, really strict or aggressive fat loss if you ever even need to get there because this approach is going to be much more sustainable for you in the long term. So that is pretty much everything that I had to say about eating dessert every single day to lose more body fat in the long run. Now, if you do want to download the Dessert Everyday Matrix, I will go ahead and put the link for you to download in the description of this podcast episode. So I appreciate you guys for listening. Hopefully this brought you some value and some tips that you can take into your daily life. And if you would like to find us on Instagram, you can find me at Marissa Roy Fitness and Christina, who is not here today, is at Christy Lynn Fit. And we thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something from it. Please remember that Christina and I are not medical professionals, so if you're going to make any changes to your exercise or nutrition routines, please consult with your doctor or medical team first. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next Tuesday here at the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast.